Basketball is a sport that's full of big names, like LeBron James, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. But over the past month, a bunch of less familiar names have appeared on the backs of NBA jerseys. Our colleague Ben Cohen covers the sport. NBA teams were putting people on the court who I had never heard of in my entire life. And they were playing a lot. They were starting. They were like the entire team. All these new guys that Ben's never heard of, they're just fill-ins. As more and more players have been catching COVID, the NBA has had to go looking for replacement players in order to keep the season going. When NBA teams are putting out guys who even people whose job it is to know everything about basketball have never heard of. I kind of wanted to find out who these people were and how it was that they came to be playing in the NBA. What Ben found was a group of men whose dream to be in the NBA had finally come true thanks to the pandemic. And now that they're there, they're trying to prove their worth. These guys want to make the most of this opportunity. It doesn't matter how it came along. Um, They know that it is somewhat absurd, but they want to put all that noise aside and they want to impress people because they know that this is a chance they might not have had otherwise. And they want to stick around, even after the pandemic is over. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, January 12th. Coming up on the show, the players fans have never heard of that are keeping the NBA in business. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. Basketball isn't exactly the safest activity in the middle of a pandemic. It is an indoor sport. Small teams sweating all over each other, breathing in each other's faces, breathing hard in each other's faces. I mean, if you were trying to think of an activity that would increase the chances of spreading a respiratory illness, it would be something like basketball. So the NBA has done a lot to adapt. In its first season during the pandemic in 2020, players, coaches, and staff retreated into a so-called bubble, moving into hotels in Florida and playing the season's final games in a handful of secure arenas. The next season, the NBA tried to make things a little more normal. Teams traveled from one city to the next, and eventually, games were played in front of live fans again. But the league made a series of policy changes to prevent players and coaches from getting COVID. They had to wear masks all the time. At some points last year, players were being tested as frequently as three times a day. But by being more out in the world, the league had to be ready for what would happen if a player did catch COVID or was exposed to someone who did. So they allowed teams to expand their rosters to make sure there would always be enough players. So it's usually 13 active players. And last year they went to 15 active players because you just wanted as many bodies as you could. So with all these precautions in place, how did last season go? I think it went very well. I mean, I think the league would say so, 
too. I mean, for a few months before vaccines became widely available, they just tried to play through the pandemic. And it was more normal than I think a lot of people imagined it would be. And by the time the playoffs rolled around and shots were in people's arms, arenas were packed again. There were full crowds and it felt much more like 2019 than it did 2020. So heading into this season, was the NBA starting to think that it would return even more to normalcy? Yes. I think if you ask anyone in the NBA, I think they were prepared for uncertainty. But I think if you went around the league, they were hoping and expecting this to be a more normal season. And then right around the time when Omicron landed in the United States, lots of NBA players started testing positive. The NBA has seen an increase in players testing positive. Basketball star LeBron James has tested positive for COVID. Across the NBA, at least 20 players are ineligible to play tonight because they had either been exposed or tested positive for the virus. You would see one case on a team, and then the next day there would be another case, and then the next day there would be four more cases. The NBA announcing five games over the next three days have been postponed, and it's not just one part of the country. These are teams from uh, Atlanta to Brooklyn to Cleveland to here in D.C. So So more than 300 players this season have been sidelined by the league's health and safety protocols. So aren't there only like 300 players in the entire NBA? In a normal season, there are 450 players in the NBA. Right. So wow. what that means is that more than 300 players have gotten COVID in the last few months. And most of those cases were in December when the Omicron wave first hit the league. That's like more than half the league. That's right. And NBA rosters are small, right? They're not NFL rosters. And so when you have seven, eight, nine, ten guys on a 15-man roster out, suddenly you are scrambling to find anybody to replace those people. It was such a scramble that the NBA decided the roster expansion from the year before wasn't enough. In late December, the NBA decided to change a rule known as the hardship exception. Normally, it's a rule that allows teams to bring in replacements when more than three players get injured. Under the new rule, there would be no limit to the roster size. The NBA decided that if a team had a COVID outbreak, it would be required to bring in temporary replacements. One of the first players who was brought in under these new rules was Stanley Johnson. He'd played in the NBA for a few teams before, but at the time, he was out of the league. He signed a hardship deal with the Chicago Bulls in early December. They were the first team to get slammed by Omicron. And because he had been in the NBA for a few years, he was going to make $120,000 from that deal, which is, you know, a nice little Christmas bonus. But then even Johnson got COVID and ended up spending most of his 10-day contract in isolation while still getting paid. By the time he cleared protocols in those 10 days, it seemed like every team in the NBA was dealing with an outbreak. They were the Chicago Bulls, but 10 days later. And so what that meant is that the market for Stanley Johnson's talents had never been hotter. Never before had he found himself in such high demand, right? Soon, Johnson was signing a second 10-day deal worth another $120,000, this time with the Los Angeles Lakers. A guy who wasn't in the NBA a few weeks earlier and was isolating in a hotel room the week earlier, he is starting next to LeBron James. He is guarding James Harden of the Brooklyn Nets on national television. It's not long until Lakers coach Frank Vogel is talking about the guy like he's like an essential part of their future. You know, we're going to use the you know the whole time to to evaluate Stanley. I think he's done a great job for us so far. Um, you know, his toughness and uh, and hustle is something that. 
uh, you know, I think our, our team really needs. And then another 10-day deal, again with the Lakers. So that's $360,000 in less than a month for someone who wasn't in the NBA when this wave started. Now, the Lakers have discussed bringing Stanley Johnson on through the rest of the season. And he's not the only player to catch a lucky break during Omicron. In the last month, 100 replacement players have flooded into the NBA, multiplying their salaries and getting a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to live out their dreams, even if it is just for 10 days. Who these guys are and where they're coming from. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Workday. Get the whole band together with Workday and pair finance and HR on one platform for an epic performance. With Workday AI at the core, you'll make confident decisions faster than ever. And you'll drive flawless business and finance operations with an agile platform that constantly evolves to future-proof your organization. Be a finance and HR rock star with Workday. Visit Workday.com to learn more. The NBA's solution to its labor shortage has been to tap into its version of a minor league called the G League. So far, there have been 108 call-ups of 100 players from the G League, which is a massive number considering that in a normal NBA season, you would expect that number at this time of the year to be 10, 15, maybe 20. And we're already at 100 players who have been called up. What kind of players are in the G League? It's guys who don't get drafted. It's guys who have gotten drafted and their NBA deals have run out and they are looking for a second chance. I mean, it is guys who are looking to be picked up off the scrap heap and looking for opportunities in the NBA. Even though these guys are in the scrap heap, they're still really good at basketball. I mean, if you are in the G League, you have the basketball skills probably to play in the NBA. I mean, they are good. They can play in the NBA right away. To an untrained basketball fan, you would probably never really know that they were G League players and not NBA players. But with that in mind, the most important thing that a G League player can have working in his favor right now is that he does not have COVID. Not having COVID can be worth like $150,000 in two weeks for a G League player. One of those players is Hassani Gravit. He graduated from college in 2019 and has played overseas and in the G League. This season, he's been playing for the Orlando Magic's G League team, the Lakeland Magic. And last month, he got a call he'd long been waiting for. <laughs> it was crazy, man. It was, it was berserk, to be honest. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I was just up playing with my son and, you know, start of any morning. Uh, and then uh, I was like, where's my phone at? Let me go find my phone. I went and found my phone and I, I had, you know, some missed calls and missed text messages and it just looked everywhere like i was like whoa what's going on all of those missed calls and texts were from members of his team's staff calling him to say that the orlando magic an nba team might need him or some of his teammates to play soon 
they were just saying, you know, potentially uh, one to four of you guys could potentially be called up. Uh, there's a, a COVID outbreak amongst the Magic. Uh, be ready. It's either about to be happening or it's happening. You know what I mean? About 20 minutes later, when Hassani was just finishing with his laundry, he got another call telling him it was happening. And soon, he'd be playing in the NBA that night against the Miami Heat. She was like, yeah, uh, you know, get a backpack and be ready. We need to go ahead and start packing the van now. And then I was like, whoa, like, it's, <laughs> this is like 20 minutes later. So it's like, it's almost 12. You know what I'm saying? It, I'm like, what? You said two. Like, <laughs> this is crazy. So, man, I grabbed my suitcase, ran to the dryer, grabbed a whole bunch of stuff, kind of just stuffed it in the suitcase, grabbed some shoes, and was out. Like, we were, <laughs> we were out. And even though he only had a few hours before his first game, Hassani says he felt ready to hit the court. Like, I, I just felt, like, prepared mentally for that moment. You know what I'm saying? I, I feel like that God has his time in the things. And, you know, just as much as I thought that I could have been in the league, you know, sooner, he prepared a moment like this. I was just kind of poised and ready. And, like, the only thing that was stressful was the, <laughs> the packing of my stuff and everything. But... A year before, while he was playing overseas, Hassani's son got sick with COVID. Hassani says that being so far away from his sick kid who was at home in America was really tough. But now, the same thing that was once a source of stress for Hassani had suddenly led to his big break. A COVID outbreak meant he was finally getting to play in the NBA. He says one of the moments that really hit him was when he was guarding Miami Heat star Jimmy Butler. <laughs> when, when Jimmy Butler had me in the ISO... I was like, man, this is fun. Like, I'm in the NBA. This is fun, man. Like, I, Defending I, I, an all-star like Jimmy Butler, a.k.a. Jimmy Buckets, was fun, but also hard. And, you know, he took a couple dribbles, and he did his turnaround, and I knew he was going to get to that move. I knew he was going to get to it. But what I didn't know is that, you know, he's kind of an expert in swiping and making sure he hits your arms on the shot. So I played pretty good defense in my eyes, but he swung his arms over it and was able to hit my arm. And the ref, you know, the ref's gonna call it for the vet. So he <laughs> he called it, he, he called a foul. And I, Going to the free throw line again. Hassani Gravett picking up his first. Where you're like, all right, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit of a lesson here. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's almost what it was. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, you know what? Next time I'm gonna be ready for it. So. Next time it came around, I kind of, I played a little better and everything. But yeah, but it was that moment uh, that I was just like, dang, like, so I'm in the NBA, dude. This is, it's, 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 it's surreal. It's a surreal feeling uh, to finally, you know, I mean, that's, that's been my ultimate dream in life is to, is to play in the NBA game. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah. I mean, honestly, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just a dream come true. It was also a huge payday. The annual G League salary is $37,000. The minimum for a 10-day NBA contract is $53,000. But Hassani says it's been about more than just the money. I looked at it more of an opportunity to, you know, to, to show myself, to show what I can do and what I can put on for any team in this league. You know what I mean? Do you feel like it in any way like cheapens the opportunity? Because you, the fact that you got in was because so many players were sick in this particular moment. Does it make it less satisfying? You know, I've heard somebody say that before, but that doesn't, I mean, look at Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? He would have never 
maybe been Tom Brady if, who was it, Drew Bledsoe got hurt. That's like saying, you know, oh, this guy finally got his time to shine because somebody got injured. You know what I'm saying? That it's kind of the same, you know what I'm saying? Being sick and, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're being taken away from the game and this opportunity being given. So I don't look at it like that. I look at it as a window of opportunity, you know, from God, you know, placing me in that moment and being able to, to be ready and prepared, ready to take advantage of everything. Hassani got signed for a second 10-day contract. But now that his 20 days in the NBA are up, He's back with his G League team in Lakeland. But he hopes that this isn't the end of his NBA career. I'm looking to hear from anybody that <laughs> would like to, to have me. You know what I mean? I'm, I just want to hoop, man. There's a lot of players like Asani who just want to hoop in the NBA and who've proven in the last few weeks that they can do it. Ben says that's why the G League is worth keeping an eye on. I think... People in the NBA have known for the last five years, maybe even the last decade, that the G League is a place where there is real talent to be found. I mean, they are hidden gems in a lot of ways, and you have to mine them, but you, they can be found. I mean, there are, there are lots of guys in the NBA. There are all-stars. There are guys on maximum salaries who have spent time in the G League. You wouldn't see them in the NBA if not for what they did in the G League. Do you think that there's any chance that these players will change what makes someone a star in the NBA? You know, it's it's funny, Ryan. The NBA is, it's such a star-driven league. Like most of the time we're talking about LeBron James or Steph Curry or Giannis Antetokounmpo or Nikola Jokic, Dame Lillard of your Portland Trailblazers. Oh yeah. Very rarely, in fact, almost never are, are the most interesting guys in the league at any given moment in time, the most obscure players. But Omicron is really weird. And that's what's happening here in the NBA. These are the guys who are keeping the NBA in business. And to me, they are the most interesting story in sports right now. That's all for today, Wednesday, January 12th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. If you like the show, follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We're out every weekday afternoon. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.